Aspiring Headliner with QSC. Today we're welcoming Quincy Jones protege David Davis onto the show. So welcome. How are you today, David? I am doing so well. How about yourself? Really good. Thank you. And uh, where are we speaking to you from today? I am currently in Los Angeles, California in my apartment um, hanging out here right now. Excellent. And how are things over there at the moment? It's been a crazy year for many reasons. Yeah, uh, things are certainly interesting. Um, LA is great because the weather is always pretty nice. So we're able to, you know, walk outside, socially distance and hang out there. Mm -hmm. Um, so things are a bit less, less stressful because of that. But you know, it's 2020. We're making it through over here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're coping. We're coping. Yeah. And how, what's it been like for you in lockdown? Um, since that started happening, have you had any shows or any plans canceled because of it? Uh, lockdown has been pretty wild. I actually got sick with Corona in March. I tested positive for it. So yeah, I like the very beginning of this crisis, just full on all the way, got it and had it for about, uh, six weeks. It was pretty intense. And once I got through that, I, um, was pretty ready to go. Like, you know, one thing they don't really talk about a lot um, with Corona is yes, it does uh, hurt your lung capacity, but if you're a singer, it can really affect you. So I didn't sing for a month and a half and got through it and was like, I need to sing as much as I possibly can because I have my voice back and I'm like ready to go, even though everything's locked down. Um, Luckily though, Songland ended up airing in June. So mm. I was doing virtual shows in support of that before and after and doing interviews through that. Um, and then uh, after that show aired was doing um, not only my own virtual shows called Evening and with David Davis, but was doing um, shows with other artists in a social distance format like Liana Lewis and uh, a couple other artists who wanted to either write or do duets together. So yeah, it's it's been surprisingly busy and i'm grateful for that to be able to still do do my art and your voice is all good did you notice any difference um i just up front i noticed how it was a bit harder to support it with my breath um but that was kind of fixed by just going for these short runs and building up my stamina again Mm, okay well i'm really glad to hear that you're feeling better i had no idea that you'd had that that's so scary isn't it it was pretty wild, especially since that was the very beginning where no one had any information. So all the doctors I talked to were like, yeah, I mean, if you're okay, don't need to go to the hospital, then hang on tight. You'll get through it. Mm. Okay. And you obviously did. Yeah. And I've seen as well, you've amassed an incredible over 700 shows in the last just three and a half years, by the way. So you really packed them in. So how much are you missing <laughs> performing live now, uh, given that you're used to just being on the road, I'm guessing, a hell of a lot of the time? Yeah, um, I am really, really, really missing it. I think my favorite part about performing is really just getting to bring people from all over the place together for that hour, hour and a half, and just like unite behind being joyful and, and talking about the human experience and singing about the human experience. So I, I think this time period has been difficult because there is so much less of that for me, but I'm I'm an eternal optimist, so I just try to figure out new ways to be able to connect and to um, still recreate that experience. So these virtual shows have helped a lot. Um, I 
absolutely had to get used to singing one song and then not having any feedback after you finish that song, either people clapping or or yelling or whatever, uh, just kind of finishing and it being silent and being like, well, hope this is going well. So glad everyone's happy. (laughs) Um, And like checking the chat as I'm singing and, and responding to the chat as I'm playing piano. It's just, it's a new thing, but if there's a chance to recreate it, then I absolutely will. Yeah. And um, just for our listeners that might not be aware, so as long as you can recall, you've had, um, you know, you've been really fixed on wanting to do music since you're a kid. So born in Chicago and surrounded by seven siblings, um, you, you know, you captured attention by belting out Motown classics, performing in church. Basically, you would always find your way to a stage, it sounds like. So it sounds like you kind of were destined to end up with a career in music one way or another. Did you ever consider anything else or were you just completely focused on this? I was very much fixated from a young age on on just creating music. I wouldn't even necessarily say it was about choosing a career. It was more about feeling like I found music and that was it. <laughs> um, and finding a career from there was really the question, right? But um, once I, I got hooked at a young age from playing piano and singing and hearing my parents' old Motown records, I just knew that this was something that was going to be a part of my life in a very permanent way. Um, in high school, I did intern at a five-star restaurant called Charlie Trotters in Chicago. Um, I love cooking and really, really enjoy doing that. And for you know a couple of weeks, I uh, considered just jumping over to the cooking side of things, but music just kept me in it uh it was i could listen to music while i was cooking so it ended up stealing me back over yeah and i guess you can do both whilst you're cooking i suppose there is that side of it (laughs) right right and um so you then perfected your piano and performance skills while studying at uni and fast forward to now and you've recorded with some huge producers so red one who's obviously worked with lady gaga nick marge um jennifer lopez to aaron sprinkle of course one republic so um and you've been the opening up for john legend so if we just take it back a little bit because that's a lot to take in um where did you get your first big break to start working with you know people of this level i don't think it was one big moment i think it's been a lot of these you know little victories and um that's mostly come from just touring i have really always thought that the best way to um, build and develop your craft is to go out and just do it uh, no matter how good you are no matter where you're at in your life just being like okay there's all these barriers to entry for a career in music but I can always set up a guitar or piano on the street and start singing or go to, you know, whatever local club that night. And if there's some sort of open mic, like doing my own songs, seeing how it goes. Um, and after college, I had been writing and doing these kind of backup gigs and backup vocals for other people. So when I, st- I left college and was doing my own act, I decided to call those people and say, Hey, I have this new project. I'd love to just come and open for you or come and, um, come and support your show. So if you're down, I will drive 10 hours overnight and show up and get paid very little and <laughs> sing my three songs and, and get that experience in. Um, and it started off pretty grueling and uh, was definitely a hustle, but the love of music kept me in it. And from there, just 
people saw me and heard about me and passed my name on and set my record on. And it just kind of, it was, it was a, it's been a very slow build, but it's been a build in which has been, has, uh, I think developed my skill and also made me focus on what's important, which is creating, uh, at all costs. Yeah. And you've definitely worked your way up there. You can tell you've gone through all the steps, haven't you? You've gone through it the hard way, built up your name and to, to where you are now. So that's incredible. So what was it like opening for John Legend? That must have been absolutely incredible. Yeah. So that was actually my first year in California. I was um, doing a show out here, which was a, a private event, actually. And I got an email from the booking agent. I, I did not know that he was going to be there that night. Um, and they're like, hey, just letting you know, you'll be doing a piano set tonight. Uh, you'll do your five songs. It'd be great. And um, John Legend will be on right after you. So get the crowd ready to go. I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, that was an amazing experience, just being able to, after my first year in L.A., like, going and doing the songs and having a great time and then sitting backstage and, and watching uh, someone I respected for years just get up there and absolutely, you know, crush. So, and play that same piano. That was my my big thing <laughs> when that happened. It was, oh, my God, I just got here. This is happening. It's crazy. But, yeah, it was, it was such an awesome experience. He's so incredibly talented and inspiring. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And then since then, or maybe it's before, I'm not sure of the timeline. So your voice and arrangements, your productions, they've featured on all kinds of things from songs to adverts to all sorts. And you've done shows all over the place, including Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club and uh, a 73 show residency at Quincy Jones's Club Q's in Dubai. So what was that residency like? And uh, did it mean you got to get to work closely with Quincy or was it more just um, you sort of aligned with him? How did that work? Yeah, so uh, I actually did a show in LA in May of 2018, and um, this kind of providence thing happened where um, a friend of a friend of a friend sent a member of his team, and I did not know that they were there. And the next morning, saw on Instagram that I was like posted on his account and freaked out because he's been a hero of mine for years. And then got a message saying, Hey, I uh, would love to talk to you about a residency in Dubai and uh, it's Quincy's club out there and he would love to have you perform there. So I um, brought my band to Dubai and stayed at the Versace hotel and performed there for uh, three and a half months. And, you know, I've since been working with this team and gotten to meet him and he's, uh, he's a legend, you know, uh, just getting to, this presence and hear stories is mm. <laughs> uh, kind of kind of a, a pinch yourself moment. But yeah, the residency was just one of the coolest experiences of my life. Just getting to do the work every day for two and a half hours a night. Mm. I suppose it's a good experience as well, as well as just being hugely enjoyable and amazing. But it must have helped you hone your craft, as opposed to do, um, keep on doing i'm guessing a very similar gig perhaps night after night but with that same energy and um you know perfecting it together as a band yeah well i think my favorite part about it to that point is every night we had uh, you know a few hundred people from around the world since dubai is 80 percent to 90 percent expat i believe yeah so it's high it's really, we high. Had, it's really high and so 
I got to meet people from all corners of the world and perform for them and actually get feedback from, um, from people that I don't know if I would have ever met otherwise. So that was one of the coolest parts is just knowing like, okay, I get to see what songs are just kind of specific to my experience and to, you know, growing up in America versus meeting someone from South Africa or from, um, from New Zealand who is like, this is connected to me. And I'm like, really? That I guess we're all just human. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I guess we all just connect to, to a lot of the same stuff. So that was the coolest part, I think. Okay. Yeah, that does sound awesome. And Dubai is, is quite a, a, a sort of strange but wonderful place at the same time. It's, it's a bizarre place. So I can't imagine living there for three months. It must have been a bit like living in a very shiny bubble, I imagine. Um, yes. I I will say it, it felt a bit like um, adult Disneyland <laughs> where everything's flashy and shiny and very uh, larger than life. So it, it was certainly an experience. Mm. And of course, recently you featured on NBC Songland where your song, Everything It Took to Get to You, was chosen as the winner of the Ben Platt episode. So Huge congratulations about that, even though I know that was uh, quite a few months ago now. But as far as I know, I don't think we get Songland in the UK. So just for our listeners that don't know, so it's basically a songwriting competition series that gives undiscovered songwriters a chance to create a hit. And they share the whole creative process, don't they? So you work with the producers and a well-known artist to release a song, don't you? So um, how did you come to be involved in the show? I was at a writing camp at Capitol Records. I was working on a song at the time. It was right after I had gotten back from Dubai and wanted to really focus on um, the songwriting aspect of my career because I've I've really enjoyed the work it's gone into to being an artist. But I, at the time, knew that there were uh, there was a lot of output as a performer and that being able to write for other people would give me a chance to um, almost just like go inward for a minute, you know? And, and I had all these songs that I had been writing for myself. That I was like, Oh wow. I, this would work for this artist or that artist. Like, I wonder if I could try and land something with, uh, with the top 40 artists and see how that works. So I was writing in that, in that uh, writing camp. And then the production team from Songland reached out like two or three weeks later um, just asking if I would be interested in the show and if I had any songs that would work for uh, a few of the artists that were going on that season. And this song that I had written in that camp, I was like, wow, this would be perfect. I actually thought about um, Ben Platt when I was finishing the song and recording it. So maybe this could be uh, the way it gets to him. And I sent it in. And then two months later was on set performing it for him in front of him and Ryan Tedder and Esther Dean and Shane McNally And, um, that was that experience it happened pretty quick and how long you actually i suppose involved in or filming the show because as i understand it you were sort of involved in one particular episode or you won that episode but do you film it over the course of a few days or weeks or is it what kind of process was it so it's a pretty quick process in terms of uh in terms of production so we filmed over the course of two weeks in february the very end of February and then a week later we were in lockdown so that was a really good timing yeah really good so the traditional role of the songwriter from being as they say this unpleasant secret I'm doing air quotes you can't see them to being 
to show them is this magic ingredient really so why do you think it's important to shed some light on the role of the songwriter and how is the show doing that um so well songwriters are the backbone of the music industry um without the ideas there is no artist or label or or any of the things that go into putting a song out um there there just is none of that without the original concept and and the soul of the idea so they're so important um and the show does that really well and shows that really well because landing a song with an artist can be a three or four year process by the time you write it and get it done to getting it produced, to getting it to the A&R label that represents the artist, and then maybe they'll hear it months down the road. It's this whole thing that can take years to happen. And that show, is it's so cool because it allows that to happen over the course of essentially two weeks. Um, and you get to see behind, behind the curtain of that whole process in such a short amount of time. So I think it's, it's cool for the world to be able to witness uh, what goes into your favorite song. I think I might have lost me somewhere in this city. Been the life of the party at the worst I could be Chasing love that was pointless Till it pointed you to me All the hearts I ever held just held me back Hey, I've been bruised and burned but somehow I'm intact All the times I thought I might have reached the end I do it all again Obviously for this show as well, so after working closely with Ryan, um, you did a sort of updated version of the song. So I'm just curious, what did they change about it? What did you work on it? Um, how did you work on it together? What, what was that process like? What was it like working closely with Ryan on this? Ryan Tedder has been a hero for a long time. Um, I grew up listening to him and it uh, was a really, really cool experience working with him. The best part I think about working with him and, and most of the producers on the show, they, you can tell that no matter the success that they've had, they're still about the music and they're still about creating the best song possible. Um, there was no like attitude or anything. It was like, how do we get this thing to land with it? Let's make the best song possible. So, um, in terms of the way that the song changed, they, we said this on the show and, and they talk about this on the show a bit, but there really wasn't a ton that uh, got moved around. There was a handful of lyric changes just to make the song more appropriate for Ben, but melody wise and uh, the chorus basically is the same. Ben did decide to change the, uh, the tag with one word. It went from everything it took to get to you to everything I did to get to you. Um, Cause that connected to his experience more and, and made more sense for, for him to sing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I suppose he wants to relate it to his own experience. That's cool. But um, so what do you think that the time on the show helped hone your songwriting skills? Cause obviously you were writing quite a lot anyway, and successfully, do you think you think of things differently now you've been on it or was it just a great experience to have that extra input from the others there? A bit of both. Um, I, I think getting to hang out with Ryan Tedder and learning about his process and seeing how he works um, was not only inspiring, but um, also gave me more insight into 
into managing everything that he does from being an artist to a writer, to a producer, to a philanthropist, like kind of does, does it all. So it was really inspiring um, and insightful to be able to watch and learn um, in terms of that. And it was also just like a great experience, you know, there's <laughs> a bit of a bit of both of those things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. I imagine, yeah, it would be incredible working with him. He's creative genius, isn't he? So you're definitely not in bad company there. Um, so when you um, go to write songs, usually, do you draw from your own experiences usually, or do you use a bit of artistic license or a little bit of both maybe? A bit of both. I like to just sit at the piano and have a therapy session with myself. So I'll just play and kind of hum and, and figure out what feels right that day. And, and then we'll start just kind of processing the latest event and try and write from there. I also am pretty constantly writing things down that um, if I'm having a deep conversation with a friend and they say something that really sounds powerful to me or a concept that I could run with, then um, I'll kind of write that down and just think about that as I'm playing piano and see if it, if it matches. Mm. And um, obviously the, the song we were talking about on the show, of course, as we mentioned, was recorded by Ben Platt and it did really well. So does it feel strange to have someone have success with a song you've written or did you never write that particular one with yourself in mind as the artist? Um, I'm really proud of, of that and, and what he did with the song. He's an amazing vocalist and... Um, it's kind of an artist's dream to have someone that um, really empowers and inspires you sing one of your songs. So it was it was awesome getting to hear his version of it and getting to hear his vocal on it. Um, I also love singing that song because it's just really really personal. So there's there's room for both for me of being really you know amazed by what he's able to do with it and also knowing that. Um, my version is my story and and that's uh something that brings me joy to sing as well mm. and uh if i was going to say do you perform it still but no one's really performing anything are they but when you can perform do you think you'll still perform that one yeah absolutely okay nice and of course loads of people know you from the show but now of course you're ready to step out of the songwriting role for others as people may know you from just from that program and let the world get to know you a bit more as an artist so you recently released your debut album the long and short of it and of course um brand new will be um your hope for the holidays ep so um i guess let's start with uh, your debut album so what what do you hope or what did you hope when you put this out there that people get to learn about you as an artist from listening to that that album was a labor of love. I'd started that album uh, kind of revamping my um, the way I was running my career and, and was like, okay, there's. I worked with all these crazy producers that were amazing and all that stuff, but I really miss my music school friends and going to Nashville and sitting in the studio and just creating um, and not having some of the, you know, red tape that comes with working with with uh top 40 producers and so i sat with my friends in a studio and with a co-producer buddy named joe and he and i just worked for a week for 12 hours a day um just recording ideas and concepts and and so yeah it was it was such a fun album to make it was a 
a uh, really like connected experience just being able to sit in the studio and and feel just the soul of it and run with that instead of kind of running with formulas for songwriting which happens a lot of times when you're doing pitches or um writing on a deadline so yeah that my hope for putting that first album out was that people would hear my story and a lot of that album um so there's a corresponding like up tempo for every slow song. It feels a bit manic at times, but it's like it starts off up tempo, then goes to a ballad, then up tempo, then ballad, up tempo, then ballad. Um, That's and good. My That's goal pacing. That was, That's nice. Yeah. Well, my goal with that was to show the long and short of it of every story. So the up tempo was the short version of the story, and the ballad was the long version of the story. So um, yeah, it it was such a fun album to make, and something I'm still just happy that i got to do and create with my friends and do you have is this an unfair question already particular favorite song on the album or something that resonates with you in particular i think my favorite song on the album is little mo better people in terms of like tiktok and performing it um in dubai and hearing it translated in different languages and seeing it in commercials in africa like it's it's one of those songs that doesn't really seem to quit um even though i put out other stuff so yeah i that song is so fun to sing and to see people respond to it every time it starts is is the best feeling and what was there, so what had been going on with TikTok with this song then? Was there a challenge associated with it? Um, surprisingly not. I'm not a big TikToker. I am kind of a fossil when it comes to social media. Mm-hmm. I'm a little slow on that stuff. And I, I had my family send me a text message being like, hey, do you know your song is, is getting a lot of videos on TikTok? And I downloaded TikTok and saw that it had a couple thousand and uh, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then over the past couple of weeks, it's just gone up by like a thousand every other day. So um, I think it's at like 10,000 10, videos now on TikTok and it's all random stuff, like some instructional, some dancing, some outfit showing. I, I, listen, if you know TikTok, I would love to hear your opinion on that because I'm very confused but enjoying that people like it no i'm over the age of 30 i don't understand it i probably could by now i just feel like it's just too much i've got instagram that's enough for me that's fine yeah yeah <laughs> i still yeah. hear about all the ones that go viral so that's all good mm-hmm. <laughs> so um i guess do you have any advice do you think for songwriters or aspiring songwriters or artists that are out there possibly now maybe listening to this they're trying to make it because you must have learned by now you know possibly even the hard way any do's and do nots that you've kind of lived through and thought 
well, I wouldn't do that again, but this is a really good piece of advice. I'm just curious um, what you'd say to that. Um, I would tell anyone really at the beginning of their career to um, stop at nothing to learn to love yourself and to be yourself. Um, no matter what anybody who says that they can help your career out if you do this or act like this or dress different or be different, like the thing that makes you you is what's going to make people love you. Um, so don't don't hide that lean into that okay now that's a strong piece of advice um and you know it might sound obvious to to you but someone might be listening to that and think you know i've been strayed in a different way you know people um work for other companies they get told they have to do things or in, in certain boundaries i suppose sometimes don't they so it's good to know that there's artists out there like yourself that kind of want to do your own thing yeah i'd I'd rather make it as me than someone else and, and always be confused about what I want and who I am. So I'm, it's, it's quite the process, but once you learn to like yourself, I think you become unstoppable. Mm, it's a good place to start anyway, isn't it? So um, what, um, I was going to say the end of this year, but I feel like we're rapidly getting there, but what, what are your next plans music-wise, do you think? Are you just going to be focusing on the um, the Hopeful Holidays EP sort of for the near future yeah so hope for the holidays is out today um and i'm i'm really excited about it it is early for holiday music but with everything going on um with the election and stuff i just wanted to get it out there before uh it <laughs> we was need too it, late. Yeah. give us some good yeah news. just like a little up-tempo fun sacred music you know so um yeah that's that's out today. I'll be doing a, uh, an, a morning show performance in support of that, as well as it's going to be uh, appearing in an HBO special. Um, so there's a couple of things happening with that over the course of the next month and a half, two months before Christmas. Um, so I'm hoping people will listen to it now and add to their playlist for if they want to wait till after Thanksgiving, that's fine. I'm the same way. But, you know, if they're trying to get, get Santa Claus to come early, then blast that thing today okay okay so you heard it here it's out today so excellent okay well um thank you so much for joining us today david it's been an absolute pleasure and um good luck with everything uh with the ep with your music going on from now and um yeah we'll definitely keep an eye on if not tiktok definitely i'll see you on instagram excellent thank you so much for having <laughs> me appreciate it you're so welcome you have a great day you too bye-bye bye headliner radio Supporting the creative community.